miracle worker. You might have been here this morning and thinking, you know what? I'm struggling to sing that. I'm, I, I listen to the words, but it's just, I'm just struggling to, to connect with, with that. Uh, I know a lot of you were, but I believe there were some that, that aren't because you're just not seeing what you're believing for in life at the moment. But uh, I believe by the end of the service, you, you are going to be able to sing that with a passion and, and a faith that, that, you, that you've never had before. So we're, we're talking about supernatural faith this morning. Um, I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings 18, 41 to 46. Um, my name's Michael. Did I say that? Oh. Oh, now you know again, in case you forgot. I get introduced to people and it's like, they say your name and it's like instantly gone. And you're like, <laughs> so there you go. You, shouldn't remember. you should remember now. Okay. In, so in, the, in your Bibles, in the, this 1 Kings 18, if you're not familiar with the Bibles, is in the Old Testament. And it's in the year about 900 BC. So before Christ was born, go back 900 years. And that's about where this event takes place. The nation of Israel, who were God's chosen people at the time, are experiencing a severe drought that lasts for three and a half years. And Ahab is king of Israel at that time. And so just back a little bit in 1 Kings 18 verse 1, it says, Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab, Tell him that I will soon send rain. And after God speaks this to Elijah, then it goes into the, the confrontation with the prophets of Baal. And if you're familiar, if you've been a Christian for a while, you know that story where they, um, you know, there's a confrontation, you know, the, the prophets of Baal put their sacrifice on and try and get God to, to or get their God, I should say, to burn it up in fire, but... There's no response and all day they're crying out and, and uh, jump, dancing and cutting themselves and crying out and nothing happens. And then Elijah puts his sacrifice on his altar, pours water on it three times, calls on God and God answers by fire instantly. And then, and then all the prophets of Baal are then slaughtered in the Kishon Valley. And it's at this point where we pick up the, the story again in 1 Kings 18, 41 to 46. So then, then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked. Then returned to Elijah and said, I, don't, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah sh shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. 
Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel, which was about 30 kilometers. Wow. 30 k's. That's supernatural. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I go for a run usually once a week, every Saturday morning, and I go for 4 k's, and I'm done by then, so 30 k's, that is, that's, that's an effort. So, in, so we're going to just going to look at a couple of sections of this, of what this, this event happens in this event. And that, whoops, I just, yep, there we go. So the first, the first thing that we see in this story, it all applies to our lives today, is um, hear, believe, and speak. So later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah is, is a man of faith. And he has heard God speak out something to him. He's heard God speak a word about something that he is going to do. And Elijah is a man of faith, so he hears this word and he believes it. And not only does he believe it, he starts to speak it out. He starts to confirm it by speaking it out to others. It says in Romans 8, 10 to 8, What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So the Christian life starts with hearing the word about Jesus, believing it and confessing it and speaking out, saying, I believe what God has said to me. I believe this word. I'm coming into alignment with with what God has said. And so... And not just does it start that way, it continues that way through our Christian walk. Jesus is the sum of, when we get Jesus, we get everything in a sense. In God, we have everything. And so when we get Jesus, we have everything else along with it. Like we can't even believe. Like we only scratch the surface of. And after you become a Christian, there's a lot more in the word of God to believe and confess and lay hold of in our life experience. So God's, God's word is, is something we should hear, meditate on in our minds, and we should be declaring the completion of his word out of our mouths. See, Elijah wasn't saying, gee, this... This drought is so bad. It's so hot. Things are never going to change. Like he had something far greater that he could hang on to. And your life experience might be, you might be saying that now. You might be saying that out of your mouth. You know, this, this situation in life is never going to change. It's just horrible. I don't like it. And I'm sick of it. But meanwhile, God has a promise for you that you can lay hold of and start speaking that into your situation. And see your situation 
come into alignment with the word of God. And so he hears God's word, I will soon send rain. He believes it and he hears it coming and he tells it and he tells others it's coming. And you know what? He knows he so knows the rain is coming that you know, even when he is um it's a time of drought, right? Water is precious. Even in the time when he's offering his sacrifice to God, he just pours buckets of water over. He knows, well, there's, there's water coming soon. We don't have to worry about this. So everyone would be ex- being precious with their water after three and a half years, and he's just like, doesn't matter. There's a big lot coming shortly. And he pours it out on his sacrifice. That's how much he knew that, that God would do it. And so what are you hearing today? What do you hear the sound of? Are we hearing purely natural things in our day-to-day life and the world around us? Or do we hear spiritual things? Do we hear the sounds of murders, thefts, riots, natural disasters? Do we hear the sounds of complaining, anger, sin all around us? Or do we have ears to hear beyond that what the Spirit is saying? That supersedes all of that, all of this stuff in, in the natural realm. What are we speaking today? Are we speaking out purely what is and our current situation is? Or are we declaring what is to come according to the word of God? Are we speaking out of unbelief according to our own reasonings and natural mind and declaring the current hopelessness of our broken lives in the world around us? Or are we speaking out God's words of faith according to the word of God? So when God speaks something, it's imperative that we listen and agree with what he says and and lay hold of it. See, the Bible is full of God's word to us. It's full of God's word. And how little do we take, take those things into our lives? They just lay dormant. It says in two it says in Second Corinthians. 1 verse 10, whoops, I'm, yeah, maybe I should just leave that alone. And let. <laughs> For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So there's every promise God has ever made, every, every word you see written in the Bible is yours to claim. Everything, every promise is yours. If you're a Christian, everything is yours. It's all yes, it's all amen. And so here are a few promises in the word of God. This is just a few. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He has sent me to heal, this is Jesus, God has sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Wow. This is, this is incredible. Getting excited just reading through this. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Wow. It's, and I'm not making fun of it. This is incredible. We have an incredible storehouse of things that we can lay hold of in, in God's word. His voice is always clear. The Bible says God's voice cries out. His, God's voice goes out into all the world. So it's good to have ears to hear what God is saying in the Bible and believing it and declaring it. But it's even better to see the promise actually become our experience in life. Actually become what we experience in life. Not just some concept that's, that's held up somewhere that I never actually get, but something we lay hold of day by day, month by month, year by year. Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the word of God is easy to know but the fulfillment of a god uh, the fulfillment of the word is in a sense locked up in heaven it's it's in a sense locked up it is taking place see jesus says let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so the will of god in heaven is being completed all the time everywhere in heaven and, but it's a matter of that being brought into earth. Jesus is saying, let your will not only be done in heaven, but let it be done in earth. Let it be done in our lives and the world around us. And so Jesus said to Peter, I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And like Peter, we've been given the keys to unlock the door to heaven and open it into the earthly realm around us. And so, when, when, when uh, Elijah hears that, hears what God is going to do, he believes it and he speaks it, and then he does something that we often need to do to, to unlock this door, to see these things come into our own experience in life. We need to pray... And keep on praying. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. See, the cor- his course of action, God had said, this is what, I, what I'm going to do. And his course of action was to start praying. I'm praying into this, to see this come into being. And so we have a part to play in seeing God's will being brought about in the earth. He's, that's how God has set it up. I don't, I don't understand why, like, why he's done that, but in his infinite wisdom and understanding and knowledge, he's given us a part to play in seeing his will come about in the earth. It says in James 5, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed the heavens gave rain, the earth produced its crops. We are just like Elijah. Our prayers have the power, have the same power and effectiveness. 
See, Elijah wasn't perfect. You look at his life, he wasn't perfect, but he was justified by God and he was declared righteous by God by faith. So your life might not be perfect, but if you are justified by Christ, by Christ's blood, by his sacrifice on the cross, then you are declared righteous before God. And so your prayer has the same power and the same effectiveness. And so he starts, he starts praying. And he's praying, as he's praying, he's got this servant and he's like, periodically, he's saying, go and look towards the sea. So the servant would go up, look towards the sea and then return to Elijah. And he said, I didn't see anything. And then he'd keep praying. Second time, servant, go and have a look at the sea comes back what do you see nothing all right we'll go a third time he goes up a third time what do you see this is getting tedious already isn't it <laughs> what do you see nothing okay i'll keep praying then go back a fourth time what do you see nothing not a thing goes back a fifth time nothing sixth time nothing there's nothing happening he's praying there's absolutely zero happening not not a shred but then and and sometimes it takes a while for the man, manifestation that's a big word manifestation just means coming into our experience of life while for the word of god to become a reality in our lives and the world around us but if we have faith then we won't give up if we know this is something god has said he will do then I am not going to give up. I just won't give up until I see it because he said he's going to do it. And, and this delayed manifestation or coming into our life experience, we don't necessarily understand, know why, but I, I believe it helps us understand more, more fully and completely our utter reliance on God to complete what we are needing completed. A delayed yes increases our reliance on God. There was absolutely no way Elijah could make it rain in his own strength. Only God could make it rain. And so as this, during this process of going up and back, up and back, up and back, there's a key thing. And if you get one point out of this, what you hear today, take this one. Let faith be your master and sight be your servant. Let faith be your master and sight be your servant. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son a man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? So if we fully believe and know that what God has said he will perform, then it is only a matter of time before we are experiencing the reality of it. He does not speak and then not act he doesn't promise and then not fulfill in corinthians it says we live by faith not by sight so elijah is the master elijah has a servant and the servant is elijah is the master faith is the master and sight is the servant so even though the servant comes back six seven times the servant isn't the master what we see isn't the master of our, of our Christian walk. 
faith is the master of our Christian, well, Jesus is, but faith, let faith be the master of your Christian walk and let sight be the servant. So you see nothing, it doesn't matter. You just, you just, my eyes are just a servant to, to faith. I don't see anything yet. Well, it's, it's coming shortly. Don't let your natural senses become master and give up after the third, fourth, fifth or even sixth look. Too often we, we see and experience, too often what we see and experience is our master and faith is our servant. If this is the case, we'll be in danger of giving up too early and not seeing the promise come into our life experience. In Proverbs in Proverbs 30, 21 to 22, it says, Under three things the earth is disquieted, and under four it cannot bear up. The first one is under a servant when he reigns. And then in Proverbs 30, well, this is the message version, three things are too much even for the earth to bear. Yes, four things shake its foundation when the janitor becomes the boss. If our natural senses start to reign over our supernatural ones, we will be disquieted. Our life won't bear up and our foundations will shake. Yes, we have to look into the situation we are praying into regularly. We want to see it happening in our experience. We have to look. That, that's part of it. But we only look to check. That's the only reason we look. Is it there yet? It's not there yet, but it's coming. Is it there yet? Not yet. Seven times Elijah told his servant to go and look. So just keep going. Seven in the Bible often, resent, often represents the completion number, I suppose. So basically, it doesn't mean after seven times your prayer gets answered. It's, it's saying um, a completion time. So when God answers, that is the number seven time. So he could have been, his servant could have gone up there 500 times. And, but when he got it, that would have been when Elijah stopped praying. And then, and so on the seventh time, we see this, this uh, thing happening. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, go climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And so as soon as Elijah sees the small cloud, the small little cloud the size of a man's hand, he understands and knows that it's God's yes that the answer has started. It says in Zech... Uh, because what he, he says, look to the sea. The reason he says that is because this cloud the size of man's hand, it says, is rising out of the ocean. And so you see this, a cloud the size of a man's hand in response to your prayer, a small thing maybe, but... You, like Elijah, you know that this, the source of this little cloud was this vast ocean of water. This vast inex, inexhaustible ocean of water is supplying this small start. And so he knows, hang on a minute, 
It might be a little cloud, but the whole ocean is backing this cloud up. And it's soon going to develop and become big. And, the, you know, in our prayers, we, if it's a small thing, know that the vast reservoir of God's power and strength is backing this. It says, um, this is kind of a bit of a funny, funny verse, but the beginning of strife is as when water first trickles from a crack in a dam. Therefore, stop contention before it becomes worse and quarrelling breaks out. Now, that's, that's kind of a negative thing. How many people have been in that situation when, you know, there starts to be a bit of antagonism and you respond and then, bang, it just, just rolls on and develops, the dam breaks and it just, you can't stop it then. But, you know, if we controlled ourselves at that moment, we would stop that dam that dam from breaking but anyway that's a bit of a side point but in in this situation Elijah could see the crack in the dam wall and he knew that once the crack appeared that water is just going to start flowing more and more freely into this situation there comes a time in areas we are believing God for change in that the breakthrough comes and often it starts as a small thing or a small change it's important to recognize the breakthrough and embrace it. And so this is what it says in Zechariah. After that, the word of God came to me. Zerubbabel st- started rebuilding this temple and he will complete it. That will be your confirmation that God of angel armies sent me to you. Does anyone dare despise this day of small beginnings? They'll change their tune when they see Zerubbabel setting the last stone in place. See, when God starts something, he completes it. So in a sense, the start, if we walk by faith, the start of something is the guarantee of the completion of it. It's the guarantee. It just has to start. And we know, well, God's going to complete it because that's what he does. He doesn't leave things unfinished. And so in, in Philippians 1, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When God starts the work of salvation in you, he will complete you into a fully complete man or woman of God as we continue to walk in faith in him. He will do that. He's, that's one of his promises. And when, when he starts to bring any of the other thousands of promises that he has that come along with Christ into our life, he will complete them fully. If he starts them, he will complete them. If we continue to walk by faith, we'll see the breakthrough and continue on, you'll see it completed. As soon as we see the small start, the small change, then we should recognize that the breakthrough has arrived and embrace it and go with it. We know that the full completion of the word has started. So when we looked at those promises before, the truth will set you free. You might not feel free here today, but Jesus has promised you that he will set you free. And so when you start to see a small change, oh, I used to, be, I used to not be able to stop doing that, but now I, I sort of can. Well, you go, go with that. Embrace it. Don't. Don't just reject that. Despise means to dismiss or disregard. It might be a small thing, but a small thing, but grab hold of it. So hang on a minute. I'm a, I'm a little bit f- 
free here more today than I was yesterday. Well, he's going to complete that freedom work in your life. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity. You might be timid today. You might struggle to talk to people um, in, you know, in social gatherings. I know that was something that I struggled with for years, years and years, just talking with people in social gatherings. But you, but you know what? You might, be, you might think, you know what? I can't even say anything. But, but one day you'll, you'll go up to a group and you'll say a few words. Well, don't despise that. That's the start of your breakthrough. That's the start of, of God's breakthrough in your life. So keep going. He's going to bring about a total, total restoration in that area. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You might feel weak and weary today. God will strengthen you. He sent me to hit. You might have a broken heart. Well, when you see, you know, you, you might be weeping at night, you know, we're all good at sort of putting on something for others, you know. It's just what we do sometimes. But you might be at home weeping and, and crying, broken-hearted for something in your life. Well, you know what? When, you, when you've been praying to God and you see next morning, you just get up and you think, you know what, I feel just a little bit better today. I'm just not quite as sad as I was before. Well, take that. Take that. God has answered. He, he started the answer for you and he's going to complete that answer. If you, if you lack wisdom, if you think everything I do in life, I just stuff it up. You know, every decision I make, oh, it's hopeless. You know, it just causes trouble and difficulty. When you, one day you go, hang on a minute, that was a good decision. Well, God is starting to give you wisdom and he'll continue to give you wisdom. Sit, placing hands on sick and getting well. You might be praying for people saying, you know, can I pray? Are you sick? Can I pray for you? Pray for them. Nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. And then you pray for someone and they recover. God, is, the breakthrough has started there in your life. God will com- continue that through. Peace, you might have no peace. You might just have anxiety. You know, you might even be, today you might be taking pills, you know. People take pills these days a lot for anxiety and, and mental difficulties. You know what? God has, God has said that he will give you peace. He will, will give you peace. So if you seek him, you seek his face, you pray, and lay hold of his promise for you, then you know what? One day it's going to be, you know what? I'm just, I'm just a bit less anxious than I was yesterday. I just feel a little bit stressed. I just feel a little bit more relaxed and a bit, loo- bit more loose. Well, God, is, you've broken through. You've broken through at that point. And, that, and that's going to continue. And we could go on with the others. Um, I will do one more, actually. The glorious riches. He will meet all your needs in Christ. Uh, he will meet all your needs with, according to his glorious riches. So you might, have no, you might not have enough funds in, in your bank account. You might not have enough money to... You're thinking, how am I going to make ends meet here? Well, you know what? You, you declare his word that he will meet all your needs. Pray into it. And then, you know what? When you see $10 plus in your bank account... Hey, there's the breakthrough. The breakthrough's come. Oh, you can thank God for it then. You don't have to see Elijah didn't didn't keep praying for the breakthrough until it was bucketing down with rain. As soon as that small thing thing started, he's like, breakthrough's come. Awesome. And he and he moves on. He keeps praying into different areas in life, but he's not praying for breakthrough anymore. 
The breakthrough's come. And so I'll get the um, I'll get the music team to come up now, if you wouldn't mind. And so come, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. You know what? You've been oh, just oh, there we go. You might have been witnessing to people, talking to people, and all you're getting is a nah, not interested. No thanks. Don't want to know about it. You know, that might just be going on and on and on. But you know what? One day someone's going to say, you know what? I do want to know about Jesus. Yes, I would like to go to church. And you know what? Then you know that that breakthrough has come. You're becoming a fisher of men. God has heard your prayer, heard your cry, and he's, and he's going to make you a fisher of men. When I was preparing this, the thing that prompted this like getting this together was was a situation in my in my own life so something I was praying for for 10 years just just 10 years just kept praying and sometimes it wasn't a big prayer it was just God just move like move in this situation 10 years and then suddenly there was this cloud the size of a man's hand that just appeared and break, breakthrough had come. Breakthrough has come. It wasn't, a big, it wasn't a big thing. It was just a small thing. But I know now that breakthrough has come in that area. And so I can start to work with that now because the breakthrough has come. And you might have been praying for something for years. Years and years, decades. Maybe you've got a loved one that doesn't know Jesus. And you've been praying for them. Earnestly, don't give up. You're going to see the breakthrough. One day they're going to say, you know what, thanks for praying for me. There's your breakthrough. You can roll with that. God will, God will bring that through. Start to work with that and God will bring it through. Whatever you've been praying for, don't give up. Have faith in the Word of God in, that He will complete what He says He will complete. And then la- the last point is stay ahead of every Yes. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Just before that, it says, And the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked in his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way all the way to Jezreel. <clears throat> you know, after this cloud, this size, this small start comes, and it develops and develops and continues to grow and grow and become bigger and bigger and more complete fulfillment of the promise of the Word of God. After heaven is unlocked and breakthrough comes, it will continue to grow and develop and get larger and larger into the full experience of the promise as we walk by faith. And you can think, what I'm claiming in God is is big. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than I can handle. But you know what? It doesn't matter how big it is. When God answers, He'll give you special strength to keep ahead of it to keep ahead of the answer, to keep ahead of the yes. It won't overtake you. It won't overwhelm you. Even though, you know, 
often God aligned prayer involves greater love or greater service or greater sacrifice. He won't leave you there. He will give you special strength to stay ahead of it. So don't be afraid to claim bigger things in the Word of God. You might feel weak. You might think, you know what, if God did answer my prayer, I would struggle to even to be able to handle it. But you know what, when He does, He'll give you special strength to handle it. You know, as a church, we're believing and praying. You know, it, Elijah, this whole event really was a, a picture of revival in the land of Israel at the time. And, you know, that's what Elijah was, that was what the, the rain represent, represented, a coming back to God, a turning back to God. And in Psalm 2.8, it says, Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Now, that was a word to, to relating to Christ Jesus himself. But you know what? He works through us. We can lay claim to that promise too. He, he, he gives, God gives Jesus the inheritance of the nations through us, through the body of Christ. You know, there, were the, there was a drought for many years. I remember when I first started coming to One Heart, there was a drought for many years. There was, there was no, no one was get, coming to Jesus. No one was getting saved. But you know what? In the last few years, you know, we've been praying into this regularly. We're believing this word that God will give us the nations. And we've been praying into it. And then in the last few years, we've seen the one, the two, the three, the four, first-time decisions gives their lives to Christ you know what did you do you think that that's maybe the cloud of the size of the, of the man's hand we're not going to despise that we're not going to dis dismiss that oh it's only three or four people you know what it matters a lot to them and, and and that is the breakthrough so we've been praying and praying well the breakthrough has come the start has come so let's believe by faith to see it come to the full experience of, of our lives in Port Lincoln and even in, in our nation. And be assured that if more and more people come, the flood won't overwhelm you. You know, um, you know as, as a church,